welcome, welcome to the Pastors, Pastors Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to, to the, the Pastors, Pastors Podcast. Podcast. Oh, boy, it has been <laughs> too long. Too long. Do, been did we get months? new theme music? I think we should season two. Season we should get like some. This kinda... might be season three. Really? Yeah, we started I... in spring. 2020. The first season was a throwaway season. Okay, it's like it was like a those, trailer season. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, know how they do like the Testing episodes, it's like four episodes yeah, yeah. of the first season, like it's a just pilot. To see, yeah, it kind of a pilot. <laughs> but what do you call that, Reggie? A pilot season? Is that uh, even a thing? That not really. No, no. it's just it's just the a first, first that, season. That's a that, that's yeah. that's a it's a short season. Yeah. that then gets canceled. Is what that oh, means. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 But hey, we didn't get canceled. We yeah, did, we, we did not, not. Not yet. No way. Because we determine in, our own fate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least not in the in like the entertainment terminology. Right. But we might we might be getting canceled somewhere on the internet. <laughs> I, I'm sure we are. Some corner, some possible. discernment blog. Some discernment somewhere. blog is like, yeah. <laughs> That's how you know you really made it. You get canceled that way by a discernment blog. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. We have yeah. not made it. I don't. I mean, unless somebody in our church cancels us. I guess they just stop listening. Here's your chance. Gordon. Here's your chance. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe. You know how people say subscribe, like. No. This is your chance. Unsubscribe. This is your chance. You know, you're like, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was still subscribed. It's been two months. They'd taken a break. <laughs> now that they're back, I'm not sure this is what I want to listen to. Yeah, some to. of you might have been hoping we were canceled. <laughs> Thank God that's over. <laughs> yeah. The I funding mean, has dried up for this podcast. Bri- Brian is on sabbatical, so things are only going to get more fun around here. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fewer big words. I mean, to be fair, Brian is is pretty quiet on the podcast. It feels like you have to kind of you know, draw it out. I'm just I, like, I'm, I'm sitting it's here like a normal social situation. See, ever, no, nobody, nobody, nobody else, nobody else sees. Like I'm just picturing in my head right now. Like yeah. he, he's leaned back. Yep. His legs crossed over the other one. Yep. And he's just kind of sitting there looking between the two of us. Yep. <laughs> and then every once in a while he just leans up mm-hmm. and says, there's something wise you need to know. <laughs> it's sort of like uh, Pastor Jim in all of our elder meetings. <laughs> Quiet most of the time, and then when he speaks up, everyone leans forward. Jim's talking. Yes. To be fair, Brian does want to be Jim Leonard when he grows up. Who doesn't want to be Jim Leonard when they grow up? I mean, we may have talked about this before. Yeah, I think Brian maybe especially. We all want to be. We're all, we're all like, oh, I kind of want to be like, like Brian's like aiming. Like, <laughs> no, hold on. Aiming. There's a lot of ways I don't want to be like Jim Leonard when I grow up. Just to be, like, they, you know, if for his birthday dinner, they go out to dinner and, and like read books together at the dinner table. I don't want to do that. That's not something I want to do. <laughs> But I love, I love the, I love the idea of like milkshakes for lunch. That's perfect. <laughs> that, That's right up my alley on the Jim Leonard side. Uh, cookies, treats, uh, pie, all, yeah. all, all the, and wisdom. Hey, cookies, this is treats, why, pie, and wisdom. Th- this is, th- yeah, this is why I, uh, I, I, I try, kind of run interference between Harper, my 15 year old son and Jim Leonard, because Harper wants to eat. Like Jim Leonard actually does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't let him in my house. Yeah, well. So, you know, I don't want him to know that, like, this is actually a viable option. <laughs> Humans yeah, can survive adult, this adult way. Skin. Yeah. Adults can do this. <laughs> Wasn't that, uh, that was a Will Ferrell quote from Kicking and Screaming. He was like, he was taunting the kids in on the soccer field. And he said, I eat cookies for dinner. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm an adult. I can eat cookies for dinner. Oh my goodness. Anyways, what All are right. we talking well, about? Before we, before We're we, back, baby. Before We're back. we get We're in, rolling. I think, we, a lot of I good think stuff. we need to uh, address the controversy from last week's sermon. Yeah. Let's talk about Gasp. it. Gasp. Because you used an illustration. Correct. 
referred to it as a cheesy illustration, correct? <laughs> that I had used genuinely in all seriousness only a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. No, but it wasn't cheesy when you used it. <laughs> But when Matt used when it. When I used it, it was cheesy. It was cheesy, so, so I, he had to. I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty sure I was out of town for that sermon that you preached. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I missed. <laughs> I, I don't know if all those sermons are being posted online right now, but I'm pretty sure I, I mean, missed the, the sermon being are. posted. Like, <laughs> are they? I haven't really looked. I just, I, I just wasn't sure if they I were. just being assumed they weren't. Uh, yeah, it was a good illustration, to, though. To be fair, it's, good one, enough to use. it's one of the most, like, it's. Probably one of the most used illustrations it's when it used. comes to discernment. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Super, I, very, you maybe even overused. But it hadn't been used here in a long time, and now it's been used twice in a month. Yeah. No more. Should have saved it for my sermon, which was about discernment. I don't know what your context for using it was, but... Um, it was my- about knowing the truth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been the sermon title. I'll go back. I'll go back. No. And li- I'll go back and listen to it. I'll get back to you on the next podcast we record. Uh, Matt doesn't listen to sermons he doesn't preach. Yeah. Like, it was I the mean, one for, 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 for people so who like, bad. for people who, who, for people who zoned out during your sermon, we're, we're talking about the illustration yeah, of yeah, yeah. the um, counterfeit bills and studying the real thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, uh, I am sorry, Scott. Um, and I publicly <laughs> that's, apologize. That's <laughs> You're being rebuked. For. That's what this whole, whole podcast that's is about. To I think I'm preaching again in a, in a couple weeks. I'm going to use it again. Look, <laughs> <laughs> There's a great There's illustration a great, yeah, that and uh, we've come back full circle to yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who uses the same illustration? Over He's like, you know, over. I think it's been a while, dude, yeah. dude. It's been six weeks. You used it six weeks. It's ago. a while. Like, well, when you, when you use thirty four illustrations per sermon, <laughs> you need like sometimes you got to reuse one or two. Uh, I did. I did in the the second service yesterday. I did uh, basically say that I normally make pop cultural references, and he is known for like quoting 17th century philosophers. So <laughs> I did make a joke about the illustrations that he used because I used the word epistemology in the sermon. And I was mm, like, this is a Brian word in represent, representing Brian. So we do have a lot of jokes, good good jokes about our, our illustrations and sermon illustrations. And I always end up like, my mind just ends up at like Disney movies. I don't know, like I've just been <laughs> hmm. like just enmeshed in children's pop culture for too long yeah that like i seriously have to fight against it in, <laughs> i'm like what's an illustration of this hmm, well it's kind of like jazz man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no 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 real life grown up grown up think, think a grown-up thought <laughs> oh my then you watch peter pan and you're like well i never want to grow up so we were talking about this just the other night and we're we're, we're gonna get to the actual topic but we're <laughs> Weird. This here's is what a, people are here here's for. a segue. Here's a segue. All right, segue. Nice. It's, a, it's a long segue, though. I'm ready <laughs> for it. We were I, we were hanging out with friends. We were in community. We were you know talking about just life and things like that. But and the dynamics of getting older and kids and parenting. And Laura like spilled to all of our friends something that I I haven't really talked about publicly before. But when it comes to Disney movies, so you think about like Mary Poppins. Or Peter Pan. Yes. Uh, Particularly over the last five years, I've come to feel like the father figures are pretty misunderstood because I pretty much like completely understand where they're coming from (laughs) and feel like they are the most sympathetic character in the movie to me. Like Mr. Banks. Mr. Banks is just trying to provide for his family. Dude, like, like, like Mr. Darling, they were drawing on his shirt. Like, do you know what I would do if, like, my one nice shirt 
But like, I, we were going out, and I had one nice shirt, and I came in like the kids had been drawing if, on it. Like, you, I if, would go berserk. If you guys are hearing like crazy vibrations in the microphone, it's because Scott is banging on the table right now. I'm I don't know what you, you hear out there. Reggie, what do you think Scar about that? Scar is overlooked, okay? Yeah. He just hey, Scar's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> These are just dads. These are just dads that are trying to make it in the world. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't Anyways, know. I, I, just, I haven't really thought about that. I, I I keep watching these movies and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I always thought the, the 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 dad figure was kind of like an idiot and ridiculous, but I, I'm kind of on his side. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> kind of King on Triton. His? Yes. King Triton. Yes. Hey, yeah. Young lady. Yeah. You. <laughs> How is he the bad guy? Tail. I mean, it's a little bit harsh. He's an irresponsible. He's a little teenage bit harsh. daughter. I mean, he blew up all her stuff. Yeah, that's like messed <laughs> up. That was a, a, that was a bit too yeah. far. You know. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe like just a conversation or something. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if that's really getting to the heart of parenting. <laughs> I don't know if they have Paul Tripp down under the sea, but it doesn't seem like they do. So, well, I'm not saying the way he reacted was right. I'm just saying it was relatable. Oh, well, relatable. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, right? It's like they're they're supposed to be operating in like the way the normal world works, right? It's supposed to be relatable and in that sense. I live in the normal world. You do. Yes, you do. Not in the fantasy world. <laughs> Not in the like I never Not grew under up the sea. Yeah. 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 All right. That's my confession for today. <laughs> All right. So we, we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about relationships. We are going to get to the fact that we're spending the fall um, in a lot of ways relaunching community groups, hoping to reinvigorate community groups, and as a church family, focus in on our relationships with one another. But before we get there, I, I think it's helpful for us, and I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think it's particularly important for us to talk about right now, to take a step back and First of all, just ask the question, what, why, why are Christian relationships so important? Like, why is it important that we live in community with one another? How, why isn't just going to church and, you know, hanging out and, and going to some church events every now and then? Like, why isn't that enough? Why do we need deep relationships with one another? I mean, I, I instantly am just like from a biblical perspective, it's just like we are, if you think of how the Bible speaks of what it is to be a Christian, we are the household of God. Mm. We are the body of Christ. We, we uh, are brothers and sisters. We have, so there's this dynamic you have like inherent to being a, a Christian uh, that is familial, that is relational by definition. Um, oftentimes we have either, either in our own minds or the, or the way the world presents it that as a Christian, no, it's a personal thing. That, that's, you know, your personal relationship with God. And that's true. Um, or you have that on the from the world's perspective of like, oh, keep your religion to yourself. That's a personal thing. But biblically, like, and just the 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 outworking of that personal relationship is familial. It is relational. And um, that's like such a key component of what it is to know God and to walk with him um, is is familial. Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about, I think you're totally right, Reggie, that when God rescues us, he doesn't just rescue us as an individual, but brings mm. us into his family. Mm. And I think there's something fundamental about that. I think about God's creation of humans in Genesis 1 and 2. And at the very beginning, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. 
Mm-hmm. And we normally think of that in like a marital context exclusively. And I think that's an error. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything, um, as humans, we were designed to be in relationship with one another from our very beginning. We were designed to be connected to one another. We were designed to be supporting one another. We were designed to know one another. Mm-hmm. In fact, in many ways, it's a reflection of the relationships we see in the Trinity. And what you see over yeah. time, over time, throughout the the history of God's people, God is always gathering a people to himself. And I think, like you said, Reggie, one of the primary manifestations you see in the New Testament of what it means to be a Christian, the application you see all over the place, the commands you see that flow out of gospel truth that say, when you get touched, when the gospel touches down in your life, when you experience this message of the gospel, when you have a relationship with God, the way that this looks in your life is loving one another, serving one another laying down your life for one another, all of the one another's as an outflow of that gospel truth touching down. It's fundamental to who we are as humans, number one, but I think it's fundamental to who we are as Christians, especially number two. And you can't get around it because I think there's this sense of almost embracing the, oh, well, this, this is my personal relationship. This is you, or even just personality wise, I'm, I'm, if you're like a very much an introvert, it's like, oh, okay, well, cool, great. God, salvation, wonderful me and God. And that's, and, and that is not how God himself has designed it. Not to exclusively call out introverts. Here. Not to exclusively. Yes. <laughs> Just, yes. yes. I, I, Quite. if I do not say anything, Reggie, I will be in trouble <laughs> in my home. Uh, well, since, since we don't have any at the table, I don't think we have. Right? <laughs> Those <laughs> introverts are yeah. the problem. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> no. no, but I think, but I think that can be the trap though, is, is that introverts need other people need other believers. And sure. I think that like for, for not to, we have it be exclusively about introverts or extroverts. But if you take that as an example, it's easy to say, oh, you community extroverts need community. Introverts don't. Right. It's just like, and that's just not true. And it's not biblical. It's, it's not so based on personality. And right. right? And, it's and the need for, yeah, the need for community is not based on personality. And, and, and I would say even, even for extroverts, you know, I think there's a natural tendency that all of us have to just kind of handpick who we want to hang out with. There's something about Christian community that, undermines that and challenges that fundamentally to say, even if you like hanging out with people and you have like your exclusive people, there's something about being connected to the church, Mm. a local expression of the body of Christ that is not an optional thing for your walk with Christ. That is fundamental to what it means to be a follower of Jesus and, and, and really important. Absolutely. And, and I think that the temptation as extroverts is to just enjoy being around people right. without mm. actually investing mm. in intimate community. It's not necessarily discipleship. No, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, oh, like this is fun. This is great. And the Bible says we should, you know, be around other people. So awesome. Um, without taking the time to carefully invest, have deep conversations, have hard conversations, have develop intimacy and to um, one another, one another. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. To, do the, to do one another. I once in a sermon defined discipleship as intentional Christian friendship. Mm, and there are some like people that. who like hmm. friendship, right? There's some people who you guys remember that from my sermons, you guys, I, I forget Scott's I, illustration. I don't remember it, but it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad the, the road goes both ways. I'll be awaiting, <laughs> awaiting your, your apology, your public apology anytime now. Um, but, but somebody gave this lame definition once. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I can't remember, but it's helpful. So, so I'm going to say it. It was two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> But but the idea of intentional Christian friendship, because I think some people, maybe extroverts in particular, but some people are good at friendship. They like friendship. They like people that like see eye to eye with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something fundamentally Christian about discipleship that says we're going to be talking about 
Christian truth, and we're going to be studying scripture. We're going to be praying for one another. It's about not just who you are in your personality, but your soul. I care about your soul. Mm-hmm. And it's intentional in that there's a, there's a purposefulness behind the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it, it can be casual, but it's also intentional and purposeful in, in the, the things that you do. You're, you're asking yourself, and this is actually a command from Hebrews, um, consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. You're thinking about this person. How can I, how can I intentionally support them and help them love Jesus more? That's it. That's intentional Christian friendship. And I think that's um, maybe different than just friendship um, and maybe different than just, you know, some certain kinds of camaraderie and different than acquaintances. It is like a a purposeful call on the Christian life um, to live deeply with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think it's really, really important. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. And and what I hear you guys saying is that then essentially we were created for it. Like to be in the image of mm. God is to be created for community. And then not only were, were we created for it, but in Christ, we've been recreated for it mm. in a unique way, sharing the spirit of God that dwells in us, that draws us together that, and, and that builds and strengthens these individual relationships, yep. right? So we were created for it, we were recreated for it. And then I think in light of that, then we should expect to see the evidence of that dynamic just in so many different ways in our lives. This is why we feel the need for each other. Yeah. This is why we recognize the need for each other. I, I was, um, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I was, oh, speaking of Paul Tripp, I was talking to, about his, one of my favorite illustrations of his um, is that- This counterfeit bill. It's <laughs> 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 the way you determine if a it's, bill is counterfeit or not amazing. by studying the true bill. That one? <laughs> uh, well, that's where I was going to go, but I'll, I'll, I'll move on to my second <laughs> yeah, yeah, favorite second one. Favorite my one. second favorite one, which is- um, the, he, he says our self-perception, right? The way that we understand ourselves, even the way we know ourselves is, 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 is as accurate as a carnival mirror, mm. right? You know, those carnival mirrors where you stand in front and you're like, your head looks all big and your legs you are all small. You did use that one recently in a, in a first John illustration. You did listen. You did I? use that one. Uh, yeah, yes, I was did. there for that yeah, one. Did. You did use that one. No, okay. it's great. It's a good right. illustration. Anyways, but so, I'm sorry. But maybe that's why it's on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Because, but the, um, it, it, it's the evidence of the fact that you know, you, you can't just like go off into nowhere by yourself and like find yourself, like and discover mm. even what, who you are. Mm. Like we, we need one another to shine the light of God's word on our hearts, bo- both to help us see the sin in our hearts that we don't, that we have a hard time seeing ourselves, but also to see the fruit and the, the, the work of God in our lives that sometimes it's hard for us to see ourselves. And so I think then how we were created plays out in all these ways that you can look around and be like, oh yeah, look, 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 that's that need. That's that need. That's that need. Um, okay. So in light of that, I didn't, um, I didn't prep you guys with any of these questions. So maybe I'll give you a second to think about it, but in light of how important relationships are, what have you seen the last year and a half do to Christian relationships? Um, I, I know it, you know, it's done a lot of different things and I don't want to overly generalize, but I I do think it's important to think about how those truths meet us in this moment. And I think the last year and a half have had, um, obviously some pretty unique impacts on Christian relationships. Um, how how have you seen that? Yeah, I would say for me, it's just, um, I think especially in Los Angeles, there are so many barriers to deep community. There are so many just logistical barriers. 
mm. um, in, in normal life, right? We talk about this in normal life. Scott's getting up. He's leaving. He doesn't like what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you guys can't see this. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, he's turning off the air conditioning. I see. Okay. All right. All right. I thought I thought I said something really. I was like, man, I've had it. Yeah. I mean, that, the illustration thing finally got to him. Um, but I, I think there are like, and we talk about this inherently in Los Angeles. Just even take something as simple as traffic, right? Um, which is a just a reality of life, but it makes seeing other people in person already hard in our city. Um, there's no way around that. It's hard to see other people in, per, in person. It requires a kind of purposefulness that when you live in a small town of 4,000 people and you walk to the one market that is there and you see a bunch of people that you don't have to, you don't have to schedule it the way that you have to schedule things here in, in certain ways. I've never lived in a town of 4,000 people, so I have no idea. Um, but, but there's something about, there's something about the city inherently that I think pushes people apart. And what I've seen in the last, I think, year and a half is um, additional layers of uh, barriers mm. that have to be crossed. Yeah. Um, some of them social, some of them um, just social distancing in general, some of them, you know, trying to keep up relationships on Zoom. Some of the, I'm, there are there are already so. And, and I would say uh, another one of those. I say traffic as one of the examples of the things that keep us apart. I think just the busyness of life. Everyone who's here yeah. is working crazy hours, and some of them people have crazy demands on their time. 60, 70 hour weeks every week because of the industry they're in. There, there's things like that. Sorry, I hit my mic. There's things like that that um, I think are just push people to. Um, uh, have difficulty connecting. And I think the last year and a half has just added other cumbersome barriers that have made it harder to connect, especially on a deep level. But I think that there's also the, the thing that, that I think about is, is the natural tendency that people have in general. It's not even just LA. It's any big city, maybe even any city. Cause I think it's American isolationism like there this is my house and my little little world and like how many people know their neighbors and like these sorts of things we have this natural tendency to want to you know rugged individualism and own bootstraps and it you know select kind of living and existing there's a barrier to deep community in general i think in living in the world mm. and i think one of the things that the that the that the pandemic did like you felt the lack of that com of the deep community and you felt your need for it more because mm -hmm. there were people I felt like who yeah. came to church and maybe go to community, meant the community groups and whatever, but like still kind of walled off still n didn't, you know, really, you know, allow themselves to, to truly pour in, to have intentional Christian friendship in, in, in that way. And then all of a sudden everything was taken and you don't get to see people's faces and hear people singing and like just all these sorts of things. And then it, it, it was this profound loss. I mean, yeah. maybe it's just me, but like I, I felt it yeah. like, and I remember like the first Sunday back and it was just, it was like tears. It was just, Oh my gosh. Like I, I mean, I knew I missed it, but like, I felt it like, yeah. you know, I, now you feel that lack and you realize like, man, I really do need this, I, you know, um, this kind of connection, this kind of going deeper with, with brothers and sisters, like, 
it's, somehow I, it, it, it's easy to forget that. And I think the, the uh, I think the rugged individualism, sort of that like um, cultural or, you know, I, I don't know if you call it like a, some sort of uh, cultural phenomenon, like that's a very American spirit, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think during the pandemic, just the restrictions themselves are encouraged that, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they kind of yeah. like they they incentivized yep. that, whether Isolation. it's working from home, yeah, yeah yep. or or whatever it is. Like it was it was basically you need to not be around people. Like you need to not be around people, right? Yep. Like you need to not. Like and and I think um, the thing for me that I think is hardest in this season now is we are people of habit, hmm. and when you get into a habit, hmm. you do things for multiple weeks, multiple months. You get into a habit, and and we've talked about this throughout the pandemic. It is hard to break habits, and we are notoriously not good at breaking habits. Hmm. And the last year and a half has to be seen in the light of a habit. We have been in a habit of Mm. disconnection from other people. And I'm not saying that we're completely disconnected. And a lot of people, a lot of you out there have made tons of efforts. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm in no way saying that we are like, you know, completely isolated or being selfish in that. And I I don't want to judge anyone feel like they're being judged. But I think we have to recognize, and I see in my own heart, it's not just like a social stamina. It's also a, we have been in a, a, a habitual norm for a year and a half yeah. that is hard to break. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be hard to break probably for the next couple of years, my guess would be. I mean, for some people, yeah. it's going to be a lot longer. Well, and, and that's actually, that I think is an important observation and it connects to what came to my mind, which is also the diversity of experience. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that's been weird about relationships over the course of particularly let's let's say the last year right like things were in one sense kind of uniform for the first number of months but people's experiences you know some people essentially went back to living life about as normal as possible six months ago mm-hmm. and others today aren't like still aren't like are, are just as isolated as day one and we kind of have everything in between, right? And like people have been, in a sense, trickling or stepping out of that isolation at different paces and in different ways. And and some of that based on habit, but some of it based on some very real considerations that, that they had to take into consideration that other people might not. And so we also, as we're it was almost like we had this uniform experience that we could all relate to and walk through. Even if we weren't physically together, we could walk through together for like six months. And over the last 12 months, it's been decreasingly uh, uniform. Our experiences have. And I think that again, puts this strange wedge that to, um, and barrier to close and ongoing and even investing back in deep relationships. Um, so we could talk about the importance of that. Obviously scripture talks about all these different one another's that we are called to, to, despite the the difficulties and in different ways, in different moments and different times over the course of the history of the church, we have tried to help remove barriers by structuring relationships in community groups. 
Um, and that's something that we are relaunching, that we are reprioritizing, that we are going to be communicating a lot about over the coming months, um, which I think begs the question, even just originally, but particularly in this moment, why, why try to structure our relationships in community groups, right? Why use this structure, this program to try to help facilitate these relationships? Yeah, it's interesting because community groups are not demanded or commanded in scripture, yeah. right? So yeah. it's a program that we're that has been created to try to facilitate um, the kind of commands that you do see in scripture, which are uh, primarily um, expressed, I think, in the one another's mm-hmm. of, of the New Testament. Love one another, serve one another, lay down your, you know, there's about 60 of the one another's in the New Testament. Um, and so for us, I think uh, the the existence of a community group is um, the program that we think is it most facilitates um, mm-hmm. the ability for people to to live in community with one another. Um, when we talk about discipleship as intentional Christian friendship, it, 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 this is not something that typically happens organically, or if it does, it happens organically for some people and not for other people. Mm. There needs to be kind of a facilitation a of that yeah. um, from the church as a whole that says, here are people that are committing to, ser- to, to love one another, live out the gospel together, um, and serve their community. Um, and so I think there's there's that aspect of it. I think the, the the way they're designed is purposeful. They're small. They're not meant to be overly huge. You, we want this to be a place where you can be known mm. and you can know other people. Um, so if they were, you know, there's some churches that have like small groups of, you know, 250 people. It's like, well, I don't, in what sense <laughs> yeah. is that a small group, right? Yeah. It's smaller maybe small than church. the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you can't really, you're, you're relying on people organically or individually to, to be motivated to make that happen. When you're in a group of, 10, you, you know, it's a lot harder to hide, not mm-hmm. saying it's impossible, but mm-hmm. um, they're uh, uh, led by qualified leadership, um, servant ministers who are um, intentional and purposeful about um, investing in and facilitating the community of the group, people who have been uh, tested and approved by the the pastors of the church and, and have um, spiritual maturity, mm-hmm. men and women, to be able to, to serve and care for um, the people who are in the group. Um, they're... Uh, not um, gender specific and they're not life stage specific. They're meant to be a diverse cross section. It's not going to be perfectly diverse, but they're meant to be a diverse cross section of the whole church where we think it's really helpful for you out there who are parents with little kids, you know, like we know that living in community is hard. You need to be around probably some like young professionals who are single and living in West LA it's good for you. You know, it, as much as, you know, I'm a parent with four kids, as much as you might be a parent and you want to like constantly only talk about kids stuff, like it's good for you to hear about what's going on in the world of singles and love and care for and minister to them. And it's good for people who are single, people who are, maybe you're older, maybe you're, you know, we have people, the whole church is a whole wide range of um, ethnicities, socioeconomic backgrounds, um, uh, uh, church backgrounds, life stages, ages. And we're trying to, in many ways, like allow for deep relationships to build across some of those, th- uh, some of those, um, some of those uh, uh, aspects of who you are that can be barriers to, to community at different points in, in sort of the, the regular world. And so in that sense, the community group is trying more than anything. The program itself is trying to facilitate, I think, um, the commands of scripture and give you a context for where you do that. You can't 
Galatians 6 says, bear one another's burdens. You know, we have 300 people in the church mm-hmm. you know, or so, whatever. I don't know, 300 members of the church. You can't bear 300 bur- the burdens of mm-hmm. 300 people. Yeah. Who are the burdens you're going to bear? Well, let's give you a group of 10 to 15. Those are the people you can invest in and bear their burdens. Um, and it's a context to, to be able to facilitate that um, those those commands. It's also the case that you sort of doing the one another's. These are things you can't do on a Sunday morning. You yeah. can't bear someone's burdens yeah. during the two minutes of greeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can try. You, know, you, can, you can try. But hey, what gonna, are your what are your worst what fears is your and deepest, nightmares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, there's there's a way in which you can't you can't do these things on a Sunday morning alone. They have to happen outside of that, and this is the framework to make that happen. Like that that's simply basically yeah. that that's what this is meant to be. Yeah. Uh, just an opportunity for the that. Uh, that fruit to be born. And it, and I think it ultimately, right. It's a part of that. We want to remove barriers and we can't remove all of them, right? Relationships are still going to be hard. They're still going to be difficult. There's still going to be challenges. Are they going to, are they going to be messy? They're going (laughs) to, relationships are still going to be messy. Um, (laughs) Should we we love those messy people? (laughs) Interesting. You know, I hadn't thought. This this is never going to go away. (laughs) You wrote a book. Well, I mean, did you? So I'm also <laughs> launching the Messy Podcast coming up. Uh, oh yeah, no big October. deal. So can anyways, it, can like the cover of it be like a picture of you in the kitchen with like splashing like <laughs> stuff all over the place? Uh, I I hadn't thought about that idea. Yeah, I'm I'm really we'll good at, at ideas. So right. <laughs> just in general, but these but so. Right, we're we're trying to remove some of the logistical barriers by helping you say these are people that that you can identify that God is calling you to bear burdens, to uh, figure out how to live life with. And um, in that sense, you know, it makes me think of this, there's this, um, I'm going to try to describe a, a, a drawing. (laughs) It's great, great audio, but, (laughs) but it it makes me think of that, that image that we've used in classes before from uh, total church. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think what, what we can tend to do is see community group as like one more ball we're supposed to be juggling, mm-hmm. right? Like I've got work, I've got my kid's school, I've got my kid's sports, I've got relationships, I've got, you know, work friendships, I have um, these other organizations I'm a, I'm a part of, these, and I'm trying to juggle all these different things. And when somebody says, okay, we really want you to be a part of a community group, you're like, I, I don't know if I can juggle one more thing, Right. Ideally, what we really hope community group would be would would not be something that made things more difficult, but actually thing something that made things a step simpler, right? It it, it it's meant to be the community that supports you while you're juggling, right? It's yeah. meant to be the community that steps in, and when you're like when you can't do it, when you mm-hmm. need help, that like it's the community that's there to live that life with you, which is why I think it's also really important in this moment as we're talking about relaunching community groups to make sure we're also defining community groups are not meant to fundamentally be just a meeting, like a meeting you go to, Hmm. right? It's about the community and the relationships. Actually, Matt, why don't you talk a little bit about how we should think about the relationship between the group itself and, uh, you know, a a weekly, biweekly gathering? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's interesting. And biweekly, by the way, is not twice a week. Um, in that context, that's <laughs> Don't you uh, hate that? every other week. Oh. 
so Man, unclear. English, the worst. It but is the worst. I think it's interesting. It's actually, to me, I think it's similar to the way we use the term church, where mm-hmm. we say, oh, I'm going to church. And we talk about that as like a Sunday morning service. But to say that the Sunday morning service is the encapsulation of everything that the church is, is missing like 95% of what we do. Yeah. And so if you go to community group and you, what you mean by community group is like the formal meeting night that happens once every two weeks. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. But um, happens once every two weeks. Um, you're missing out on 95% of what, honestly, I think a community group is supposed to be. It's more about the people in the group. Yeah. It's about being connected. There's a formal side of it, which is good. You got to gather, gather together, discuss sermons, pray for one another, like spend time together in that context. Yeah. But the, the week in, week out, dinners and coffees and checking in with one another and text messages and, um, you know, uh, uh, emailing prayer requests and, um, and seeing one another and, and spending time together and having men's nights and ladies nights. Yeah. Those to me are where so much of like the closeness and the vulnerability is there. It's, it's going to be tricky. You know, if you're in a group of men and women, a whole bunch of different life stages, there's kids running around and there's, you know, 15 people in a room and you're going to saying, which maybe is hard to imagine at this moment, but um, it, you're, you're kind of saying, oh, I need to like confess my sin from this week. And you want to like confess the anger you had that week and you want to ask for prayer. That is 100% acceptable. We would love yeah, if yeah. you did that. And we would hope that your community group meeting would be a place that you can do that. But for a lot of times and a lot of people, especially when it's maybe a more social night, it's really hard to do that. You need to have connections with individual people and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know what, Scott, I... I just, I was struggling with anger this week. I was so angry. I got so angry. I like broke a dish and I was like yelling at my kids and I would, whatever. Like, will you pray for me? Like, I need to confess that and ask for God's forgiveness and forgiveness for my wife and for my kids. Like, I need to do that. Like the, the me and you having coffee on a, you know, a Thursday uh, evening talking about like my struggle with anger is where so much of like the deep community actually happens. Um, And that's not structured. That's not Mm -hmm. something that's formal. That's not something that your community group leader has to like force to happen. That's something you as part of a group making those connections and building those relationships are are encouraged and and called to do as just a Christian. Um, And that's why I I like to compare it with the, uh, the church analogy. And it's, it's, it's framework, right? And and it's how, it's how one views something because church is an event. It's something to check off a box. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I go on a Sunday and or whatever, but church should never be checking off a box. Mm -hmm. You go to church to receive from God, to be reminded, to be refreshed by the truth of the gospel. Community groups shouldn't similarly shouldn't be checking off of a box. You should be going there to receive and to give and mm-hmm. to it, it is. It's very easy to get kind of corporate in the way we think of things and like it's a meeting and a thing and I go to this and I do this and and it removes then what the meeting is there for or what the because church is technically a meeting. It's a gathering of people together for something. Community group is technically a meeting. It's a gathering of people together for something. But if we approach it, you know, as a meeting, as opposed to a vessel, a vehicle through which we can uh, be obedient to God, to his call of, of, of the one another's to love and serve to like all of these things, like we miss out on what the thing is there for uh, if we're just let's check a box. This is something I am supposed to do or should do or whatever. And, and you're miss, you're, you're missing something. And I think that's, that's such a 
key thing. I mean, for church too, for church and for community group of just like getting out of this mindset of something else I have to do versus something else I get to experience and contribute to. Like yeah. the, I think is it that may sound like semantics, but I think there really there's really something there. No, and I, important. I this is why uh, you know, like meeting on Zoom together can be a lifeline for a season, but mm-hmm. it, it can't replace mm-hmm. nope that. Yeah. Um so I got a couple of follow up questions then. One is then as we think about that, I I hear that, and as I think about the diversity of the church and experiences and even needs and situations, it sounds to me that then like community groups won't all look the same then, right? Some might be bigger, some might be smaller, some might be busier, some might be quieter. Um, when we think about the the different dynamics in the church, I mean, it, do we want all community groups to like look the same, kind of do the same thing, or what does that type of flexibility look like? Yeah, I think I think we want um, the the church is diverse, and I think each group is going to be different, right? Um, if there's a group of um, uh, uh, that meets in one area with one leader, and those people are unique. There's unique yeah. gifting. There's unique experiences. There's unique background, unique life stages, unique uh, 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 heritages. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of unique things in, yeah. in each group. And I think every every group is different. And I think it, th- what's helpful to think about with that, Scotty, is um, we sometimes have this specific picture in our mind of what community is supposed to look like. Mm. It's supposed to look like, I mean, you know, Bonhoeffer called it the wish, the wish dream, dream, right? Yeah. But um, like we, we have this ideal in our head of what it's supposed to look like. And I think that's an error. And the reason it's an error is not because um, it's bad to have like you know, dreams about what community looks like. It's that community is messy. That community is complicated. And when it comes to community, it's actually less about this picture of what you want community to be and more about looking across the table and loving the person who's there. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to. Mm-hmm. You're called to in a community group, no matter what it looks like, love the people who are there. Mm-hmm. Like in, in you, you might prefer louder or more extroverted people, or you might prefer more inter- introverted people, whatever it is. Like you might prefer a different kind of person, you know, whatever people in your life stage, your call as a Christian, and I can say this unequivocally, mm-hmm. your call as a Christian is to love the people who are there. And that's what Christian community looks like. You look mm-hmm. across the table, you look at that person, you say, I don't necessarily even understand everything about you, but I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you as Christ has loved me. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, yes, the groups are different. They yeah. meet at different times. They meet in different um, neighborhoods and communities. They have different uh, different range of diversity of life stage and other things. Um, wherever you are, love the people that you're there. Now, I'm going to say there are times when like, situations or logistics may preclude you from being able to be involved in a community group and you might need to find a new group. That's okay. We're not like, we're not like some sort of sticklers on you're in that group, stay forever. Right. (laughs) Even though it's not a good experience. So you can talk to us about that. And I'm as a pastor, I'm always happy to talk to people about their experiences in community group and how to help facilitate that. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing for you, wherever you are is not to live in like a fantasy of what community is going to be because it's never going to live up to those fantasies but to actually look across the table, look across to who you are are with in your group and say, how can I love this person? How can I serve them? How can I bear their burdens? Um, what is God calling me to? And that's what he's calling you to in that situation. Mm, that's so good. Okay, so I know, Matt, that you've 
spent a bunch of time, particularly this summer, trying to think through and lay the groundwork for as many as much of our church family to be facilitated in community as possible. One of the big things we've been working on is also how to invest in our community group leaders in a sustainable way, right, in ways that are actually supporting them, even providing more support than we have in the past, because we recognize that that they they need that and that that's not something we've provided as fully as we should. Mm-hmm. Trying to make sure community is sustainable for our pastors, sustainable for our leaders. Um, and and as and we, we don't need to go into all of that, but you know, people might there might be li- tiny tweaks along the way that people experience because we're trying to make things more and more sustainable. But as you've done that, and as you've been thinking about the experience of community and and all and new people that are coming and getting connected into the life of the church, people that have weathered this year and a half here as a part of our church family. What is your hope for this fall? What, what do you hope to see um, in take place in our church in regards to community? So one of the big changes in the fall is that all of our community groups will be meeting only twice a month mm-hmm. um, in for their formal meeting. But the hope of that is for anyone in the church who's a part of a community group um, that there's space in your life to develop those interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is we want to provide space. We, we kind of go back and forth with how much structure we should provide. And, you know, we, we have the trellis in the vine always in the back of our heads mm-hmm. about like what kind of structures we should pr- su- uh, 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 supply as a church. The reality is that we believe that two formal meetings a month where you are getting together with your community group, the whole group together, gathering together for a time of fellowship and prayer and, and connecting with one another and studying scripture together is really important, but also having space in your life in the midst of all of the things going on to meet one-on-one with others or meet with just the men or meet with just the ladies and not have that dependent upon your community group leader, but have that be uh, developing organically. We free you to go do that. And not not just, uh, I think, those interpersonal discipleship relationships, but also space in your life to invite non-Christians in. Yeah. Um, so you, maybe you and um, maybe you and one other uh, person from your community group are watching, you know, a Dodgers game and you want to invite your non-Christian neighbor over to come watch with you guys and just kind of build some relationships that way. Or maybe you want to um, have a, a birthday party and, you know, you invite a, a, a few people from the community group and you invite a, a few neighbors as well. And there's connections that are made and people, I mean, people become Christians through these kinds of things over, over time in our church. And so what, what I hope and pray for in the fall is that people feel even more connected um, in their community groups and reconnected in their community groups, um, providing this space to be able to connect interpersonally and relationally, as well as providing the consistency and really, I think, prioritizing the consistency of um, a couple of formal meetings a month within their community group as a whole. Yeah. Okay. And so what about for people that are... Um that are struggling in to to get connected to community. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're not a part of a community group. Maybe things have like fizzled, and they're not quite sure where they are right now in terms of community. Um, or what if they're new to the church and haven't quite gotten connected into community? What like how how do we hope to facilitate that? So if you are in a place where your relationships in your community group have kind of fizzled. Um, my hope and prayer for you is that uh, you stick it out through the fall while we relaunch and we're going to dis- be discussing in all of our community groups, going through the community group primer and talking about what it means to be a part of a community group and kind of trying to 
talk about that publicly from the stage on a Sunday morning and all these things. It's going to be part of a, a holistic relaunch of community groups where we're going to call people to really recommit themselves to the people, the brothers and sisters in Christ that they have in their community group. Um, so that's for, yeah. for those people. Yeah. Um, if you're completely brand new to the church or if you are like not sure, you know, and you want to um, you want to get connected to the church. Um, and you want to get connected in community, email me, matt at cornerstonewla.org. Normally it would be June, but June's June's he's off busy. right now. Yeah. He's got a baby, and yeah. so he's going to take a little bit of time off. So you can email me directly, matt at cornerstonewla.org. Um, I'd be happy to, to help you through those next steps. Um, the first step will be to come to an intro class. We do have an intro class coming up in September, September 12th, but um, not only that, you you can come to an intro class, you can learn about who we are as a church, and then we'd love to get you connected into a community group. There's a lot of groups that are relaunching. It's actually a great time to get connected to a community group. Um, there's some reshuffling going on, but the fall is a great opportunity to really meet some people and um, build some relationships. Uh, and I'm always here. I'm always here to help you. If you feel like, ah, I've tried and this is not working, I'm struggling, you can talk to your leader in your community group, and your leaders are well-equipped well equipped to handle that. You can also talk to me. I'm happy to have those conversations with you at any time. Okay, so two two last quick questions. Yeah, before we wrap up. First of all, one for you, Matt, one for Edge. But what what do you say to people who are like, okay, but the pandemic's not over, right? Like like we're still dealing with all this stuff and things like that. How, you know, there's Delta variant, and we're navigating like our kids in schools and stuff like that. How how do we how do we hope to navigate that when it comes to community? So I would say first and foremost, um, it has been a year and a half. Yeah. So um, the pandemic is not over. I hear you. Uh, but you cannot be like completely disconnected for from community for a year and a half and not have that impact your spiritual life. Totally. You need to be connected. Um, I think it has been shown that being outside is a reasonable, um, reasonable safety uh, mm -hmm. precaution. You can be outside and wearing a mask and be six feet apart from people and still feel connected. I think at this point, you need to see people in person. And I, I mean, I, I would also encourage people, like if you're vaccinated, like a small group of people, you should be getting together with them in person regularly. Not only is it allowed, but I would encourage it. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. And and some, again, there is going to be the exception, right? Where somebody has like, uh, hasn't been able to get vaccinated and has a real, you know, um, serious health considerations. That but that's always going to be the case, right? There's always illnesses and sicknesses and things going on. And, and we want to walk with you and help you get connected to other people and figure out how to make that work. And even if you, you are in that situation, you still need community. Absolutely. And so that the idea of even medical uh, 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 concerns or whatever yeah. don't absolve you from this this need. It makes so it, they're, makes they're, it even more important. Right. So yeah. it's just so and, and so there's a obviously there's a loving others well. So that if you're in a you know a, a spot like that, um, please don't hear us like foisting like wow I really don't feel comfortable being around people. Um, or, or, or whatever, <laughs> we're, we're, it's not us just being like, suck yeah. it up like, or no, whatever, no, no, no. But, but it is a gentle and loving yeah. push towards not your discomfort, but towards, towards community, towards yeah, community you need. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So finally, let me, let me put you on the spot, Reg. If somebody's listening to this and they've heard all this and they're like, okay, like, but I'm 
kind of in some of these habits and I've got lots of relationships. Like I, I, it, it still feels hard for me to prioritize this. Hmm. If somebody was sitting with you and telling you that, um, what would you want to say to them? I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind mm. is don't give up. Mm. I feel like there is, I mean, again, not to like over-spiritualize yeah. and like it's spiritual warfare. It's all this, not even going necessarily that far, but the one's walk with Christ is, is a, is it's, it's a battle. Like we, mm. it's a fight of faith. And I imagine that at least in some measure, hesitancy towards community or reluctance or, or uncomfortability or whatever is just, you got to do the work. Mm. You, 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 and sometimes it might feel like work, but you're tilling soil. You're, you're, you're doing a work whereby there's going to be some real tangible benefit from it that if you ignore, you're, you're not going to get to tap into that. Mm. So push past while, you know, being wise and, 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 you know, talk, I mean, talking with us about, you know, any struggles you may be having, don't let any struggles or hesitancy or any sort of thing that is going on prevent you from following, you know, following harder after, after, after Christ in obeying the commandments that we have to love one another well. Um, so yeah, don't give up. Mm, appreciate that. appreciate that. Well, thanks guys for the conversation. Thanks for just even the community and ways that you invest in my life. I it feel blessed to get to experience that um, among us as well, as well as among others. And, um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for coming back mm-hmm. to the Pastors Podcast. We're back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, we hope to keep this up through the fall, um, both with community, but also with the podcast. We'll be doing weekly episodes. And so look forward to, uh, to talking more and getting deeper. So thanks for listening. We love you. And we will see you on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>